Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. An Elio's original. Hello and welcome to Web Crawlers, a podcast where we do a deep dive into some of our favorite unsolved mysteries. Each week we will introduce our topic, lay out our research and findings, reveal some conspiracy theories, and conclude with our own hypothesis. Who knows, we might even solve the case. I am Allie Siegel. I am Melissa Stettin. And I'm producer Maria. Webcrawlers has a Patreon to get access to rewards, bonus episodes, shout outs, merch discounts, um, and videos of episodes one day early. Please go to patreon.com slash webcrawlers. You can donate as little as $2 a month to become one of our bimbo patrons. Also, we have a podcast called 90 Day Fiance Slumber Party, where we recap 90 Day Fiance episodes with um, Hollywood crime scenes, Rachel Fisher. For that Patreon, I am going to make a paper mache bust <laughs> of my breasts. Oh my God. <laughs> it's from an episode that they did a season yes. ago where these two girls visited a place where they did that in the girl who owns a place contacted the podcast was like i'm a big fan let me send you a stuff to do this and she sent us the kit no way that's awesome yeah yeah so i've i've decided to do that i was gonna put it i'm putting it on the 90 day fiance patreon but maybe i'll put it on the web crawlers patreon as oh. well a video of me doing it i'm not gonna show my bear titty tanga i'll i'll titty somehow co- <laughs> i'll cover it up but just if you become a Patreon, who knows what might be coming at you. And can they buy it from you if they so please? <gasps> I might auction it off. Um, not for charity. For us. Right. For the charity um, of Allie. Please, yeah, for the charity of uh, Allie, Melissa, and Rachel. Uh, <laughs> please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we will read your review out loud. 
Also, please call our hotline. Uh, insert jingle here. 626-604-6262. And we will play it on our mini episodes. Uh, Melissa, who are our patrons? We've got Alyssa G, Jackal, oh. Sammy P, and Alicia R. Hi, guys. Welcome to the team. Melissa, what is our uh, episode today? And this is also a documentary on uh, HBO right now, right? Or one of the doctors is? Because I'm doing an episode about fertility doctors who have used their own sperm unknowingly. And one of the doctors I'm going to talk about is the subject of a documentary called Baby God that is out currently. So that could, after you listen to this episode, you might want to watch that doc uh, if you're looking for a thing to do. Um, Okay, Melissa, get... Excuse me. Get into it. I was burping up some Dr. Seaman. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> Dr. Seaman. Dr. Seaman. It's like Dr. Pepper. It's no, just... my, my doctor's name is Dr. Seaman. Okay, continue. Okay. So imagine sending in your 23andMe kit and then you dive into the results and you try to find some distant relatives like I love to do. Yeah. But then you see that you have lots of family members that have 50% of the same DNA. That's weird. So ever since the invention of at-home DNA kits, there's been a wave of people finding out that their fathers are actually their mother's fertility doctors. That's crazy. And there are many fertility doctors who have deceived women who are struggling to conceive by using their own sperm without their knowledge or consent to impregnate them. Like in vitro people? Yes. Oi. No, just out just out on the street. Just throwing their sperm. Hey, everyone's sperm, everyone. I swear I'm a gynecologist. <laughs> so some doctors claim the available sperm wasn't leading to a pregnancy, so they decided to quote unquote help them out. But it's hard to believe that this is anything other than like a gross power trip from a narcissist. Yeah. Also, did you know the first successful sperm donation was a lie? Oh, my God. Let's get into it. Yeah, I love a sperm-centric episode. Okay, so sperm donation was shrouded in secrecy from the beginning. Mm. In 1884, a doctor named William Pancoast found himself unable to cure a wealthy man in Philadelphia who was struggling with infertility. So he tried something new. He sedated the man's wife with chloroform. Oh, my God. He injected... This is 1884. He injected her with semen from his best-looking medical student... Well, that's a plus, at least. And this was the first documented case of successful donor insemination. Dang. Can I interject real quick? Oh, go ahead. Yes. Okay. I bet Mal- Maria and I are going to say such different things. Yeah. Okay. Well, I have so- a question. Mine's a question. <laughs> Mine is a story. So I was on a I was on a first date with this guy, uh, and he was a horror a horror movie writer, and I also love horror movies. Right. So we both decided to see this movie. Um, oh, God. What was the movie about the guy who is deaf? And so the people break into his house because they think there's money in the basement. Um, 
Don't Breathe. Was breathe. that what it's don't, called? Don't Breathe. Don't Breathe. I think it's called Don't Breathe. That was a good And so movie. we're watching the movie and we're like, oh my God, it's really great. It's really great. And then the last scene, I don't know if you remember, is he captures the woman and then he lifts her up like in this contraption and he takes his sperm and <laughs> there's a dog outside just like <laughs> staring at me. He takes his sperm and he injects it into her with a turkey baster. And it was my first date with this guy. And it was by the way, as Allie's doing this story, she's waving out her window to a neighbor who has no idea that she's telling <laughs> a yeah, smile on her face. <laughs> the neighbor didn't look at me. I was waving at the neighbor's <laughs> dog who did acknowledge me. Um, and and the guy never talked to me again after that date. He was so embarrassed about taking me to that Why? movie. But he was a horror movie director. That was a good movie. He? I think it was just the non-consensual rape with a turkey baster that just yeah, like... He, was, he went, I don't made want him any, never to Yeah, you. you were tarnished. You did that to him. <laughs> yeah, I was... I did it. You were yeah, compromised. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, Mar- Maria, Maria, is that what you no, were going to say? Yeah, is that the same thing? Yeah, in the same vein. Um, but I was just wondering when they chloroformed the woman, then did they just have the guy have sex with her, or did they that, or did they just inject her with some sort of baster? Yeah, he said he injected her with semen. Okay, I was just wondering. So I'm assuming he like yeah. How they did it back in the day. Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. Thank it says you. injected. Thank you. So, I mean, it was a <laughs> fine question. Fine question. Was it rape or was it? <laughs> was it okay. rape or was it medical? <laughs> so the doctor told the husband only afterwards and the man agreed to never tell his wife. Oh, my God. That's like Rosemary's baby or something. Yeah. So uh, the end justifies the means, you know? So the healthy baby justified the lie for him. So he never told us. So the first. That's how like ashamed men are of being impotent. Yeah. That like they're like, it's fine. Like rape my wife as long as no one knows I can't ejaculate. It's a thing. It's a weird. It's a thing. It's a masculinity thing. Uh, So by the 1970s, hundreds of doctors were performing donor insemination across the U.S. But secrecy still prevailed. So doctors advise parents not to tell their children because it was like a new thing. It was like they didn't want to bring up all this shame. And a 1977 survey found that more than half of the doctors did not even keep records so as to not leave a paper trail connecting the donor and the child. And so the secrecy was mostly because of the uncertainty over who would be the legal father of a donor-conceived child. Right. Which is a question that like hadn't been resolved in many states because this was like a new thing that was going on. But it also was from a fear of doing psychological harm. The doctors were like, the child might feel rejected, the sterile husband might feel humiliated, and the wife might be condemned as an adulteress. How about like the wife might be upset that <laughs> yeah. she, she, she was chloroformed and then injected with a stranger's sperm? I like that that wasn't even one of the options. Yeah, she might be a little, <laughs> a little peeved. <laughs> Yeah. And there are dozens of doctors who have used their own sperm. And we're going to talk about three or four prominent ones today that are okay. crazy bananas. So first there's Cecil Jacobson. Yeah, they do have crazy bananas. Am oh, I right? Allie. Yeah, they do. <laughs> Cecil Jacobson, a.k.a. the Sperminator. He oh, gave himself ew. that nickname? I'm sure he gave it to himself. So he was born in 1936 in Salt Lake City, Utah. Oy. He got his medical degree from Brown University. And he was actually like this huge pioneer in his field. 
1960, he conducted a groundbreaking experiment in which he claimed to impregnate a male baboon by transferring a fertilized egg from a female baboon to the abdominal cavity. And so he said the egg latched onto tissue inside the intestines. But then he also said he didn't let the pregnancy go to term and he ended it at four months. But the study was never actually published. So people were like really suspicious of him. Yeah. They were like, did you really impregnate a male baboon? But like he didn't really, he claimed he did, but he like didn't really have a lot of evidence. And so when he asked about it, he said it was just part of a larger experiment involving women with ovarian cancer to determine at which stage ovaries could be removed without causing a miscarriage. Well, here's the thing about that. You need a uterus, I think, in order to have a child. Like, I mean, I'm not a doctor, surprisingly. (laughs) But if you have an inseminated egg outside of the uterus, you can have an ectopic pregnancy, which causes like... My mom had an ectopic pregnancy, which is where the mm-hmm. egg gets inseminated in the fallopian tube, and then it the right, egg it's stuck in there. Yeah, and then it continues to grow, and then the fallopian tube bursts. So I imagine that had it continued to grow in the intestines of this baboon, the intestines would have burst. Well, sure. I don't think that's saying like, oh yeah, I was able to impregnate a baboon, like a viable pregnancy. Like you could probably impregnate like a water balloon. That doesn't mean water <laughs> balloons can get pregnant, you know. It's like not all square, not all Go rectangles, in. not all squares or rectangles, but all rectangles yeah, are squares. Yeah, but not all squares or rectangles. <laughs> yeah, so this whole study was like, hmm, did you really do this? But then he... Maria's like the Kermit meme, who every time I say something, she just takes a sip of her sip tea. Of tea. Mm-hmm. Sure, Allie. <laughs> <laughs> So he, Cecil, became well-respected in 1967 because he was the first doctor to use amniocentesis to determine chromosomal abnormalities, which is still used to this day. This is the test they used. And he helped identify the genetic marker for Down syndrome. Hmm. And he was eventually hired by the most successful IVF clinic in the U.S. as a consultant. Wow. And so he then decided to open his own fertility clinic in Virginia And this was, I think, in the 70s. So it was like still sperm donation was like a new concept. But he was extremely successful. He helped tons of families have babies. But then more and more IVF clinics started opening up that use sperm donors. So he had a lot of competition. And so he needed to do something to keep his business successful. And this is when he starts to get a little shady. When the sperminator decided to... (laughs) <laughs> yeah. using his powers He's like his I'm, origin fuck story. I'm the sperminator now baby <laughs> so in 1982 sounds like an Austin Powers character sperminator baby sperminator baby <laughs> yeah does <laughs> that make you horny <laughs> so in 1982 42 year old Paula McMahon and her husband had five children but they wanted to add another one ew but they had a problem though Paula's husband had a vasectomy So the only way they could get pregnant was through IVF using a sperm donor. So a friend recommended Cecil Jacobson to them. They made an appointment. And on the day of insemination, they opted to pay $20 to assure anonymity and no paper trail from the sperm donor. It was like an added fee of no one will ever know. And so a week later, they returned to the clinic and found out they were pregnant. But not only with one baby, but with two. Oh, wow. And at the next appointment, they did an ultrasound. It turned out they actually lost one of the babies. And a few weeks later, at another appointment, they discovered they lost a second baby as well. 
Oh, no. So Paula asked uh, Cecil Jacobson if she should visit her regular gynecologist just to make sure everything was okay. And he was like, oh, no, 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 there's no need. We can just try it again. And so Paula ended up going to her gynecologist anyway, and she got some shocking news. She had never been pregnant at all. There was no evidence of a failed pregnancy. There were no HCG hormones. There was nothing. And the gynecologist asked Paula who the IVF doctor was, and she said it was Cecil Jacobson. And the gynecologist was really suspicious because Paula wasn't the first patient that this had happened to. Like, she had had other patients be like, yeah, I saw Cecil Cecil Jacobson. He said I was pregnant. And the guy was like, no, that's weird. What? So then there was Debbie and Steven. Debbie was 34 and had been trying to conceive for seven years until a friend recommended Dr. Cecil Jacobson. Debbie got pregnant twice and both times miscarried at 15 weeks. She went to her OBGYN only to be told... She was never pregnant in the first place. What? Dr. Jacobson lied to her. So how he scammed them. So during ultrasounds, he would show them the uterus and he would show them nearby organs or sometimes even the bowels and pretend that he saw a fetus moving. Oh, my God. It'd be like their poop. And he'd be like, look, it's the head. Yes. (laughs) It's it's kicking. Oh, my God. So these poor women would have like sonogram photos of like, yeah, here's my baby. And it's like. No, girl, that's <laughs> like your own shit. <laughs> oh, like, my God. That's like, so embarrassing. You don't know what's in an ultrasound. You could be like, oh, there's the head. There's the... I don't know. I, I would know. Every time I see an ultrasound, I'm like, sure. Maria would know. I would know. I've looked at enough ultrasounds in my day. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, don't, I won't ask why. <laughs> Maria, the sperminator. <laughs> sperminator. <laughs> so in 1989, a local news station producer heard about the story and went undercover with his wife to visit Dr. Oh, Jacobson. Fun. That's a fun thing to do with your... You know who invented that? Nellie Bly. Yeah. You're right. That's right. That's Borat. That's Borat investigation. Borat, Borat investigation. Classic Borat journalism. Borat journalism at its my wife <laughs> wants <laughs> to get pregnant. Yeah, my wife. <laughs> <laughs> so they said at their appointments that he would ask questions about their sex lives, this doctor, but he never asked for prior medical records or anything having to do with reproduction issues. Uh, Sir, what's your wife's favorite position? (laughs) Yeah. Like, he would ask if they had pets in the room while they were trying to conceive and if the dogs barked. Oh, my God. And he told them that nude dancing was the best exercise. Oh, my God. Like, he didn't even ask. He would just ask them weird questions, like, not medical records, just like, so what's it like for you two in the bedroom? And he was ready (laughs) to to start the hormones that day, despite never doing an an examination on the guy's wife. (laughs) So Dr. Jacobson was able to fake positive pregnancy tests by injecting women with HCG, which is the hormone that detects pregnancy. Oh, my God. And so HCG is usually used in IVF to help with ovulation. But once you're pregnant, not all women need to keep getting the shots. So the news producer and his wife wanted to test the theory that he was injecting patients with HCG to get a positive pregnancy test. So the male producer got HCG injected and he had a positive pregnancy test. Oh, my God. Maybe he was a baboon. Maybe. <laughs> He's like, let's try this out. So, like, anyone, if, if you inject yourselves with HCG, like, it shows up in your pee Whoa. when you have a positive pregnancy test. So, the news station interviewed the doctor, and he actually came off as, like, very calm and confident. He had excuses for everything. But soon after the interview aired, over 40 women contacted the news station 
and said they all had like experiences with the doctor where they said they were pregnant and they weren't. Jesus. So there's including a woman named Ellen who went through the same ordeal as all the other women. He told her she was pregnant only for her to start bleeding weeks later, which turned out to be her period. And Ellen went through this three more times with Dr. Jacobson, only to never become pregnant. She ended up spending $5,000. Oh, my God. And then another woman said she had 13 total pregnancies and losses with Dr. Jacobson. What did at some point you, like, stop going? Yeah, I mean, you don't know. Like, you trust these doctors. Like, if a doctor's like, yeah, I'm so sorry, it's it failed. Like, I Yeah, and I guess in vitro is super hard. Yeah. Uh, so the news station received a call from a former receptionist of Dr. Jacobson's, and they said, they're like, you know that the sperm donor is actually Dr. Jacobson, right? Oh, my God. And so the Virginia Medical Board revoked his license in 1989, and they looked more into this guy, and they found out that he started a program where people could donate sperm anonymously, and he would charge the patients $20 for anonymity. But it turns out no one had ever donated sperm to this program. So where was all the sperm coming from? And apparently before these appointments, he would go into the bathroom with a vial in his hand and like jerk off and use his sperm. Into the vial? Yes. I think that's what they do. Isn't that what they do when you donate sperm? Well, you have to have good aim, don't you? I guess that's right. It's a huge or they vial. use like a little cup and like he pours it into a vial. I mean, he's probably really good at it at this oh, point. Oh, no, he's the best at it. He's yeah. the sperminator, Melissa. He's, <laughs> he's the sperminator. <laughs> so he is suspected to have fathered more than 75 children. Holy bejeebus. And some patients said that during their appointments, he would come into the room looking flushed and like he had just exerted himself. <laughs> Ew. He'd be like, hey, guys. I got the sperm donor. <laughs> take a minute. You can take a minute, dude. Yeah, he just comes running back like, I got it. It's fresh. I, was, it's, I had a phone call. It's fine. I just... Ew. It's so gross. So the FBI sent letters to patients who had received artificial insemination and actually had babies at this clinic. And the parents had a choice. They could... To d- determine who the actual father was with a DNA test, or they could just leave it alone. Like the FBI was like, Do you want to take a DNA test to find out if Dr. Cecil Jacobson is the father? Or you don't have to. And not everyone chose to do it because they were like, Well, I don't want to know. I don't know? think I would have. I would have been like, This is too gross. I don't, yeah. I don't know. So he was arrested and there was a trial and he admitted to using his own sperm. And since he hadn't been unfaithful to his wife, He said he was disease-free. He's like, it's fine. And so 11 men and women testified that they would never have agreed to the procedure had they known that the doctor was using his own sperm. Because one patient asked specifically for sperm from a Jewish man because it was extremely important to her because of her religion. And he said that he did have sperm from a Jewish guy, but he ended up using his own sperm. Uh. It's like, that's, that's fucked up. And so yeah. at the time, a doctor using their own sperm was never in any medical guidelines as malpractice because it had never happened before. So sperm donation was like a fairly new thing. And so they ended up charging him with mail and wire fraud. And so he was guilty of both of those things. And he was sentenced to five years in prison. And then after his release, he became an agricultural researcher in Utah. <laughs> in Provo, Utah. Isn't that where that school is? <gasps> Provo Canyon. Oh, boy. Uh Uh-oh. They did an SNL skit 
on this guy. They did? Starring John Goodman back in like the 90s or whatever. I wonder how you make that funny. It wasn't. I watched it. It was it was not funny. It was just like John Goodman playing this doctor and he gets home from work and he just has like 40 kids in his house and it's like <laughs> that's it and they try i don't know that's the skit and i was like huh got interesting him. interesting so that's the sperminator wow all right many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamline my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. And then there's another guy named Bernard Norman Barwin, aka the baby god, but not there's another there's another baby god that that HBO documentary is on. So this isn't the baby god? This is a this is one of the baby this gods. Is another this is another baby god. Okay. Another baby god. They ran out of nicknames. They ran out of nicknames, yeah. So this guy Bernard is president of Obstetrics and Planned Parenthood Canada. And in 1985, he made a mistake and gave a couple the wrong sperm for their child. Oh. And in the 1990s, a lesbian couple sued him for giving semen from someone other than their selected donor. And then more and more mistakes kept happening. But he still had this incredibly high success rate. So people were still going to him. Like he was still very successful despite making all these weird mistakes. But another weird thing about him is that he would run marathons and he would cheat in marathons. Okay, that's <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> that is unforgivable. That's crossing the line. So in uh, 2000, he ran the Boston Marathon and he came in 14th in his 60 to 69 age group. Nice. Yeah, nice. So they keep track uh, via cameras and microchips in your shoes. Like that's how they know if you're running the path and so he missed a few checkpoints 
And they contacted him to verify. And they're like, hi, excuse me, Dr. Barwin. Like, you claim in 14th, but, like, you missed all of these checkpoints. Like, what was happening? And he couldn't back up his claims. He's like, no, I don't know. I think I did. But, like, it He should have said, I was so fast, you couldn't see me. Exactly. Why run them if you're going to cheat? Because he's crazy. Hmm. He's just, he's a liar. He's a... And so he was disqualified and banned from the Boston Marathons forever (laughs) for lying about. But this guy was never prosecuted. A lot of these guys, nothing ever happens to them because there's no laws against back in like the 80s. There were no laws against doing this. It was just like you did a fucked up thing. So like whatever. That's insane. And so this is and then there's a guy named Donald Klein. And this was from this article in The Atlantic by Sarah Zhang. In 2017, Heather Wook got a Facebook message from someone claiming to be her half-sibling. This is like when, a year ago, like I got a Facebook request from a guy who looked exactly like my dad. <laughs> and no? I was like... What? I was like, huh? And I clicked on it, and it was like, friends in common were like, my dad's cousin or like relatives guy named like Richard or something. And I was like, who I asked my sister, I'm like, who is this? And apparently it was my dad's half brother that I had didn't know Whoa. existed, had no idea existed. And he looked exactly like my dad. It was the craziest. That's weird. Wow. It was the craziest. My parents were like, Oh yeah, that's uh that's Uncle Blah blah blah. You know, I'm like, who? You don't I don't who is this person? That's wild. (sighs) Facebook's crazy. Yeah. So anyway, Heather, she assumed it was a scam, but the message also mentioned a doctor named Donald Klein. And so Heather knew that name and her mother had gone to Donald Klein for fertility treatments before she was born. And she was like, did this person get like my medical history? How did how does this person know who I am? And she kept getting more and more messages. And then she remembered that she had just done 23 and me and she popped up as a new sibling for close to 50 people. They were oh like, surprise, god. a new sibling has joined 23andMe. Oh, God. And they all claimed that they were the secret biological children of Dr. Donald Klein. He was using his own sperm to impregnate their mothers. And so they all keep in touch through this like big Facebook group. Children of Dr. <laughs> Donald Klein, it's crazy. And so what's crazy is that these new siblings pop up in waves. And it's usually around Christmas time. Because that's what oh, people no. give 23 and Me as gifts. Oh my god, that's so, so creepy! Like, well, here comes the new, here comes the new Christmas wave of like new stuff. Oh my god! <laughs> and Joshua Ballard was one of the first to piece all of this together. He knew, or she knew that, or Jacoba Ballard, she knew that she was donor conceived and in 2014 when she was 33 she began looking into all of her half siblings and she was thinking like yeah maybe there's one or two at most. And she signed up for an online forum for adoptees and donor-conceived children and quickly met another woman whose mother had also been treated by Donald Klein. And she looked the woman up on Facebook and saw her photos, and she was like, oh, my God, I think that's my sister, because they looked exactly alike. Oh, my God. And so that woman knew another woman whose mother had also gone, gone to Dr. Klein, and she had a sister. They all decided to take 23andMe tests, and DNA confirmed that they were all half-sisters. And they ended up finding eight more siblings. And so this doctor, Donald Klein, said the donors he used were medical residents 
And he'd said he used each donor for only three successful pregnancies. But 23andMe showed that he used one donor at least eight times. And then the birth years of the resulting children range from 1979 to 1986. And so, like, medical residencies only last a few years. So, like, what resident would be able to donate sperm for seven years? Van Wilder. That was clearly a lie. Yeah. And so, as Ballard and her half-siblings kept researching their family tree, one suspiciously familiar name kept coming up, and it was Klein. And finally, a woman who shared some of the DNA told them she had a cousin named Donald Klein, and he was a doctor in Indianapolis. So all these siblings filed complaints with Indiana's attorney general, saying that they thought this doctor was using his own sperm. She even went to the local TV station. They aired a segment about all of these siblings. And then she got a message from Donald Klein's son, like his one of his, like, real sons that he claimed <laughs> and he had been looking through her face so he photos. was married donald klein was married yes oof imagine yeah that's just crazy so he had been looking through her facebook photos and recognized her priest he said he was catholic too and he helped broker a meeting between his father and six of the siblings at a restaurant and so donald klein who was then in his late 70s like walked in the restaurant with a cane and was like hello Oh, God. And he admitted to using his own sperm, but he said all the records had been destroyed years earlier. He's like the Willy Wonka. Of <laughs> yeah, just like comes walking into people. And, like, Hello? <laughs> and then he throws the cane away and like does a somersault. <laughs> <laughs> so he, yeah, he admitted to using his own sperm. He asked each of the siblings what they did and where they lived. He read them Bible verses from a notepad and the Ballard saw this as a misguided attempt to c- comfort her, and she snapped at him like, "Don't try to use my religion to try to like relate to me." They were like, "Well, what did make him do it? Like, was it re- a religious thing? Was it like a sexual thing? Was it like a narcissistic thing?" So they didn't really know, like, like what made this guy do it. And so he actually got charged with two counts of, of obstruction of justice in 2016. And he had received letters from the attorney general's office notifying him of the investigation. And he had written back at least twice saying he'd never use his own sperm and that any woman who said otherwise was guilty of slander and libel. Well, that's like really easy to test. So yeah. That's stupid of him to say. Yeah. So the investigators showed up with a search warrant for his DNA. They swabbed his mouth. And like, of course, <laughs> that was that. And so after the restaurant meeting, Donald Klein called ballard to say her digging up the past was destroying his marriage boy and his wife considered his actions adultery yeah in the call he told her that he'd regretted what he had done though he admitted to using his own sperm only nine or ten times which was you know incorrect and he was only fined five hundred dollars and given a year of probation he lost his what? medical license, but he'd been retired already since 2009. That's insane. Yeah. So the donor children have all been cataloging the ways their own paths have crossed. One of them went to Purdue College at the same time as one of his half-brothers. Wow. And then one sibling sold another a wagon at a garage sale. Whoa. That's crazy. And two of them lived on the same street. Two had kids on the same softball team. This is crazy. So, like, they were playing on a team with their cousins. Like, that's crazy. 
And they're wor- they're worried that their children are going to get old enough to date soon. Oh, for sure. Because one sister's like, did you not consider that we all live in a relatively close area? Yeah, kissing Like, did you cousins. think that they wouldn't meet? And that maybe they wouldn't date? <laughs> yeah. That would be insane. Yeah. And, uh... That's crazy. It's like now you have to get COVID tested before you hang out. They have to get DNA tested before yeah. they hang out. Well, that's like in, in Iceland, I believe you have to get DNA tested before you get married because it's such a small community. Whoa. Well, you <laughs> should oh my get God, DNA really? tested before you fall in love. Yeah. Because then that's a little too, too late, late, don't you think? Like, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's true. Yeah. So then there's this the Baby God documentary is about Quincy Fortier, Fortier. This documentary is crazy. You should watch it. There's some insane facts about him is that he circumcised him, himself. Why? I don't know, because he's a crazy person. It's disgusting. I keep yeah. asking why, and I know that <laughs> I should just not be asking anything at all. It's There's no, so there's no answer. And he treated his own daughters. Like, he was their gynecologist. Oh, no, no. 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 (laughs) (laughs) No, thank you, sir. No, thank you, sir. And he allegedly allegedly molested his stepdaughter when she was just four or five years old, and it continued Uh till she was 13. And then he would molest her on the pretext of medical examination. Uh When she was 17, she learned she was pregnant but she had never had sex. So he was like injecting her, with her sperm. Yeah. And so she was sent to Minnesota for uh, like this place for unwed mothers. That is so fucked. And then they gave up. She had the kid. They gave it up for adoption. And so his excuse was that he said he had accidentally exchanged swabs while performing an exam on her. Right. Like, oh, why would you need a swab? Why would you need a swab? Maybe he was performing an HPV test. Well, yeah, I mean, that, he, that, that, it doesn't make sense. Also, you probably don't, you don't probably don't inseminate someone with a swab. No. Yeah, no. He's a liar. <laughs> He's lying. <laughs> lying. <laughs> so in 2000, his son, Quincy Fortier Jr., filed a lawsuit against Quincy, alleging that he sexually abused him during his childhood as well as his I would change my name if I was a junior and my dad, the baby God, was my namesake. I would get a different name. Yeah. So he, the doctor, filed a counterclaim against his son. He accused his son of extortion and of making disparaging statements that have placed him in a false light, blah, blah, blah. And but his law for the junior, his lawsuit was rejected by the jury in 2002. What? It's crazy. He said, my father was crazy, also a pervert. He explained that his dad molested him and each of his four sisters, his younger brother and virtually any other kid that came into his orbit. And the jury was like, that's okay. Yeah, he wanted to play. He continues. He goes on to say, my father molested everyone. The happiest he ever made me was lying in his coffin dead. That's when I knew I was safe. Good. And so he God. saw thousands of patients and is estimated to have fathered over 100 children. Oh, it's disgusting. Yeah. And there's so many other doctors. There's a guy named Jan Carbot of the Netherlands. He fathered over 200 babies. And he died in 2017. Oh 
And then there's Dr. Paul Brennan Jones, who's from Colorado. He was accused of medical negligence and fraud and battery. However, a doctor using his own semen during artificial fertilization is not illegal in Colorado. And then there was a Dr. Norman Barwin in Ontario. And then, like it happened this year, a woman, Catherine Richards, accused Dr. Michael Keegan of medical rape after he used his own sperm rather than that of an anonymous donor to conceive of her children 40 years ago. I mean, it's hard because theoretically, if you don't say it was me, the doctor is an anonymous donor. Like, I think that that's the loophole. Like, if the doctor donates oh, his sperm and then doesn't disclose that it's him, like, he he has donated anonymously. But don't they get to pick... This is people who just say just... No, everyone gets to pick what sperm they want, even if it's anonymous, right? No, I mean, if you say, I'll take any sperm, then then that I think that I that's an anonymous donor. I guess if you say donor. any sperm and you don't, like, say, like, oh, I want, like, this race or this color hair or this height or this... Right. I always because I feel like yeah. you can choose. There's some places that are like super specific. I think where they are like they went to Harvard. Like this is their oh yeah because I like do it because uh, Molly from Spermcast mm-hmm. she has she was going through all the websites and I was looking through them. Yeah. Like you can pick you can hear the voice. Of yeah, the person, some of them are super intense and they yeah. write essays and stuff. It's pretty. It's pretty neat. Yeah. And, but you can, some of them you only see baby pictures. Some of them you don't see adult photos. Oh, so yeah, this doctor. Michael S. Kuyken was secretly using his own sperm in fertility treatments. She, the woman who got it, learned that her daughter inherited a serious disease from this doctor, Tay-Sachs, which can be passed oh, on to future generations. So, like, that's a problem when it's like you getting the sperm, you want to test it for genetic diseases and stuff yeah. to see if it's compatible with yours. And so this doctor was like just using his sperm, like, and he apparently had this Tay Sachs gene, which is like a disease that can be inherited. <sighs> and so this doctor, he was like, he was practicing in California and Pittsburgh, Washington, D.C., Richmond, Virginia, and like all over the world. Oh my God. And then there's Dr. Philip Milgram, who practiced in California, New York, Las Vegas. And in 1988, a woman went to him. For artificial insemination and they had a son although milgram told his then patient that he would use the sperm of a healthy and anonymous sperm donor and instead used his own sperm i hate it this is like a new thing people are just now finding out that their doctors use sperm because this was like it was a new thing back in like the 70s and 80s and so now people who are like adults are going on 23 and me and like yeah. this is a new phenomenon of people finding out that the sperm donors were the doctors. It's so nasty. And so only three states have passed fertility fraud laws, California, Indiana, and Texas. The rest are like, it's fine. The rest are like, huh? So in Indiana and California, state governments passed a bill calling the use of unauthorized sperm a felony. Mm. And those affected have a right to sue those responsible. But in Texas, it's been declared a form of sexual assault. So anyone caught using unauthorized sperm will be registered as a sex offender. Good. Uh, So yeah, those three states are the only ones that have fertility fraud laws. And Indiana was the first state to enact fertility fraud after Dr. Donald Klein admitted to using his own sperm. 
and he surrendered his surrendered his medical license after pleading guilty to obstruction of justice. He served no jail time, nor did he receive probation. Jesus Christ. So if you're getting IVF or insemination, your doctor leaves the room for a few minutes and comes back sweaty. <laughs> get the hell out of there. <laughs> oh my God, that is so crazy, man. And there's just going to be more and more of this popping up as like people get 23 and me and realize, oh, my God. Yeah. I have so many siblings like it's there's got to be so many more doctors doing this. My brothers always used to joke at me that I was adopted. And so now I there's nothing wrong with adoption. Adoption's a beautiful thing. And you're absolutely 100 percent part of the family. But my brother used to say that I wasn't a biological kid. Um, and so I would never get 23 and me because I, I feel like I'd find out that I'm part of some like weird scam like this. But you look like your siblings, <laughs> though. <laughs> I know I do look a lot like my siblings. <laughs> you look just like your mom. I do. And I look like my mom. Never mind. Well, you would look like your mom if it was. <laughs> yes. But who knows what rogue doctor I look like. Oh, God. Yeah. Wow. This is crazy, Melissa. So, yeah. That's the fun story of fertility. Doctors yeah. The, the, their own. The, the, Apparently, fresh sperm is like way better to use than like, you know, frozen. Can you not say fresh sperm fresh ever again? Sperm. I'm, I'm like so nauseated. <laughs> this is so gross. Um, Melissa, if people want to send us, uh, fresh sperm emails, if you want to send us their sperm, where can they reach us? You can (laughs) send us your sperm at webcrawlerspod at gmail.com. Just send it in an attachment. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen sperm in so long. No joke. (laughs) This quarantine's lasting forever. Um, <laughs> anyways, yeah, I guess it has been a long time for you to see sperm. I'm, um, I'm Allie, the ovulator seagull. I'm Melissa, the baby god satin. <laughs> and I'm Maria, sperminator, baby. Yeah. Yeah, baby. Yeah. yeah baby. My wife. <laughs> Somebody stop me. Bye. Bye. <laughs>
ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 